0: Good morning, good morning. Hope you guys are having a good weekend, this Labor Day weekend, I should say. I know what weekend it is. Usually I get that wrong. Usually I mix them up. Anyway, last week uh, we talked about the importance of Sabbath rest and how closely related rest is to worship. And this week, I want to follow that kind of same train of thought as we address proper balance in our lives. Anyone here need some balance in your life? I know I do. So, I uh, can't believe I'm sharing this story with you, but uh, I got in a fight with a trash can this week. No, seriously. Um, let, me, let me explain. Uh, it, it bothers me when the trash isn't compacted. Okay, so uh, sometimes it's just, you know, you push it down with the hand, that sort of thing, but I'm talking about the out, outside garbage can. The, from time to time, maybe you do this, I don't know if you do this, but um, I, I decide that it, it's best to fit more in if I just get up onto the trash can and jump down on it, okay? So maybe you've done this before, but I decided that I was going to hop up on the Recycle can and then hop down onto the trash. And I did that. I did that as I do every so often. Except this time my right foot went down and my other foot was still up. And I was completely off balance. And what happens when your weight shifts, in this case to the right, well, I was caught out of balance. And if you know anything about Bloomington garbage cans, they have wheels on them. And as soon as that weight, that imbalance caught, the wheels caught, and let me just picture this with me. My legs are up, the trash can is up, trash is falling down on me, and I hit the ground, and of course, I'm like all full of trash and getting up and looking around to see if anyone saw it. I had no care or concern if I was hurt at that time. I just wanted to make sure no neighbors were out watching me laying in the trash can on the ground. (laughs) Imbalance comes with consequences, doesn't it? We can all picture it. The consequences of living with that imbalance. Go with me to Mark chapter 1. I want to start at verse 35 and go to 39, and if you would follow along with me, I would appreciate that. Mark chapter 1, I want to bring you to a section of Scripture that speaks to uh, a moment in Jesus' life and ministry in which um, He was getting away from time to time because of the necessity of of the importance of His his rest and, and uh, gaining balance in his life because of the pressures and, and just the pace of what ministry had brought. Mark chapter 1 uh, tells us this, reading in Jesus' name and, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place. Just like last week, we we talked about a moment in Jesus' ministry where He got away and got to a desolate place. A place where He could think and regroup. A place where, of course, He could go to the Father. And that's what we see here. A desolate place. And there He prayed. But, But look what happens in verse 36. And Simon, and those who were with Simon, searched for Him. And they found Him and said to Him, Everyone's looking for You. A lot is implied in that. Everyone's looking for You, Jesus. And He said to them, I don't know if He sighed at this point, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. I had purposes not only to be alone, but to... Go and fulfill what the Father has for me. In verse 39, He went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Of course, this isn't the only place in Scripture where we have a record of Jesus going off to a desolate place and getting away from the busyness of His life. He was in the midst of a very focused part of ministry in fact, last week's text talked about how they didn't even have time to eat, so to speak. A vivid picture of how busy life was at this time. As he was teaching in the public spaces and he was preaching and, and, and of course gaining great notoriety as he was going throughout the Galilee, uh, it was you know, starting to catch on, that there was this man, Jesus, who, who, who could heal the, 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 the lame and the, and the sick, who, 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 who spoke like with the wisdom of, of God, and that notoriety was growing at this point in, 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 his, in his ministry. Imagine the magnitude uh, of the ministry for Jesus at this time. Look how Jesus prioritized His relationship, though, with uh, the Father. Look how this was prioritized first and foremost. And yes, for Jesus, priority was perfectly set out in His life where He would show us what true balance was. Remember, nothing God in the flesh did was random. Mark isn't offering some filler to the story to to make it a well-rounded gospel here. No, there's a purpose in why Jesus is doing what He is doing and why the gospel records this, this moment in Jesus' life. See, anything that does not align with union with God, Jesus is showing us, is out of balance with... With what was naturally created. Yes, the the world, the the earth and and, and the universe was once in balance. It was once aligned with God's perfect plan. At one point, this this world and, and universe was in perfect harmony in God's presence. He walked with mankind in perfect harmony with, with no distraction. And yet what happens next, I think most of you know what happens next, is that we decided to go our own way, decided to, to go after our own plan and purpose, and that's why sin entered the world. Any imbalance from God's perfect plan and will, that's, that's sin. And the earth was, was thrown out of balance. We turned away from God, and everything that lay perfectly in harmony was now imbalanced, thrown off kilter, broken. I want us to consider our own life for a moment. We struggle with imbalance. Do we not? There's so much of our life that is out of balance. It's hard for us to picture a world that would be in balance. Th- think about your your every day, your your, your every week. Do you have a healthy work-life balance? Do you have a healthy balance between time spent in leisure and time spent in meaningful, spiritual, let's call it biblical activity? Of course, to God, there is no difference. There isn't like there's the spiritual world and the physical world. No, it's all one and the same, and yet we compartmentalize them, don't we? And, and we struggle uh, to, to put more effort and more time into some things that we really probably don't need to, and vice versa. Um, how much is too much? I might ask you. How much is too little? How much bad can we take? Like, I mean, when's the point when too much bad news just sends us into a frenzy in life? Or too much leisure or, or good or, or ignoring the bad? Where, where's that line and where do we find that, that central place? I think it's easy to see how imbalance, like the the picture of me falling in my trash can. Yes, that really actually happened, (laughs) and I can't believe I told you. (laughs) But I think it's easy for us to understand imbalance when it comes to the physical, and yet I think it's a little bit more difficult when it comes to spiritual matters, moral matters, or so it seems, so it seems i think christ is quite clear in the text where our priorities should be hey would you put up on the screen just one more time the 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 picture i had of balance is it not easy to understand how this works i mean i get it i've actually tried something like this before My, my family and i were at lake superior on the north shore um probably one labor day weekend or something and uh And and we were messing around with the rocks on the shoreline like this and creating things like this. And uh, it's pretty easy to understand that you need to even the weight on both sides, right? Shake your head if you're understanding and tracking with me. And yet, what about when it comes to our relationship with Jesus? Our problem with imbalance. When our lives are out of balance, everything is thrown out of sync. What I mean is it's not like sin just kind of messes with some things. It throws everything off. And so I want us to consider this personally this morning. I want you to fill in the blank. Maybe, maybe we'll do it this way. You fill in the blank, okay? Is that all right? Yes, no? Okay, all right. Some of you? Fill in the blank. I spend too much time... What? You don't have to say it out loud. Please don't say it out loud. I spend too much time... What? <laughs> no, no, not too much time. What? Good question, though. I spend too much time... You fill in the blank in your head. <laughs> Here's another one. I don't spend enough time... Think about that. I don't spend enough time. Here's another one. I think way too much about... I don't know if that convicts you, but it certainly does convict me. In fact, maybe if your thoughts were on the screen right now, you would leave. (laughs) I don't know. Last one. I focus way too much on... It, it brings me to Romans 7. Now, this isn't going to be up on the screen for you, so if you're following along and your own Bibles are on your app, I encourage you to go there and maybe make note of this section of Scripture and spend some time in it this week. Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 18. The Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Rome, and he's reminding us all, for I know, I know, because I've experienced it, That nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. See, the balance, or I should say the imbalance, occurs because we have something at war going against that which God has created. We call it, in our theology and doctrine, we call it the world, the flesh, and the devil. It has a name. There is an enemy that is seeking to destroy all that God has laid in balance. And we've allowed Him to do that. Which defines what we call the flesh. That that thing within us that causes us to say, me before everyone else. It's selfishness. We all have it. Flesh. carnality, Me first. Selfishness. And, And then there's just how... It has permeated society. That's the world. We often reference the world. What we're referencing is how sin has permeated society and we see the repercussions of that every single day like a guy in a trash can on the ground, (laughs) I guess. Think about that for a second. Again, verse 18, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh, or I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. If you're not in this place, we talked about this last week, then you really can't understand what I am saying. If you're not at a place in life where you realize, where you've come to realize, where you've experienced, I can't do what I want to do then at very least you don't understand the grace of God and your internal condition. And I encourage you to take to heart that yes, all of us have no chance to balance our lives according to the will of God without... Jesus he goes on to say this for I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing that's that imbalance that's that teeter-tard that back and forth that we experience each and every day and what does it bring condemnation and shame and the harder we try that's the thing the harder we try the harder it gets and the more imbalanced we get because we get mad at ourselves for not fulfilling what God wants and desires in our life. And then it begins to eat away at us. And you know what that does to our mental health. Shame and guilt and condemnation. Do we need to be reminded there is therefore no condemnation in Christ Jesus? Of course we do. Because every single day we look at the imbalance in our life and we go, if I just did this, then maybe I won't do that. And it doesn't work. And this is where rest and this is where going to the Lord comes in. That we would allow Him to do that work within us. It's what Jesus is showing us here. That having balance in our lives begins with aligning our purpose with God's. And I want to be careful even to say that because we're not so much aligning our purpose, we are aligning ourselves to God. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Look what we see in the text. Number one, Jesus exercised a proper work-rest balance. We're not just talking about career here. We're talking about what we prioritize. Look what he is prioritizing here. His time spent in activity, his time meeting the needs of others, his time spent in rest away from the chaos and the urgent. He gets away to a desolate place for a reason. What he's showing us in his time on earth and what he continued to show us in his time on earth is that we cannot handle this time. Without going to the Lord, without full reliance on Him and His purpose for what He has made us to be. What we see Him exemplifying in our text is full reliance upon the Lord for His every move. It's why He gets away and prioritizes this time. This isn't downtime, so to speak, as we look down at it. This is what He must do. Do in order to make it through the day. Like the missionary who said at a conference, if I don't pray for sometimes hours in the morning, I might not make it home to my family tonight. It was an organization that he worked through with human trafficking, looking to stop human trafficking, very dangerous work. I'll never forget him saying that because I had to reflect on that for a minute. Is that true of my life? Is that true of the ministry here? Do I rely on the Lord? to the standpoint that I might not make it if I don't go to Him in prayer when I wake up. Jesus is clearly showing us what happens if we don't honor God. Put Him first. Seek Him with everything that we have and are. I wonder how many times we have neglected to pray for something and either blown it off entirely or just kind of went about it in a way in which we pay a bit of homage to God like, well, God, guide me in this, but not really seeking Him in it. I wonder how many times we just try to do it on our own strength without really consulting God <clears throat> without taking the time to say Lord please lead me in this I'm placing it in your authority here's my problems they're, they're yours now so to speak I wonder how many times we've neglected in our lives to say Lord if you, if you don't do this I, I'm not going to make it make it through What's at stake is obviously careless decision making, which has great repercussions for our lives. What's at stake here is relationship with God, maturity, strength, and guidance. Is that not a big deal? Of course it is. Of course it is. Yes, Jesus understood what what full reliance upon the Father looked like. And He's certainly showing that in our text. What, what He's also showing us is that He understood the, the proper yes and no balance. What might I mean by that? The, the proper yes and no balance. He knew when to say no. No. Think about what is happening in our text as the disciples go looking for Jesus and finally after likely some time they find Him. Jesus, everyone's looking for you. You know what He's saying, Simon. You you get it, right? Now, Jesus, do you realize what we're doing back here? We're busy. we got a lot going on. We could use some extra hands, Jesus. Why are you off away? Why are you just sitting there? Is it really time to pray now? I think every time there's a national catastrophe, someone rips the church for praying. Not understanding that without it, there is no way forward because without wisdom and guidance how oh, we get ourselves into such trouble and there were many instances where the disciples questioned Jesus for why he was at peace about what they were going through why he spent hours in prayer before they even took their first step i think about jesus and the stern of the boat when the storm is raging and he's at peace all asleep, resting in his trust for the Father, from the Father. And the disciples are panicking and they come down and say, Jesus, do you not care about us? I mean, how often they say to Jesus, why don't you care as if what Jesus was doing was lacking compassion for what they were doing. Jesus, don't you care? It's why he was doing what he was doing. And Jesus wasn't a people pleaser. (laughs) Jesus came for us he 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 loves us, oh, he loved his disciples he he loved the communities he served he he loved them more than anyone could, but Jesus was not a people pleaser, he was a father pleaser, he was a god pleaser there there's a huge difference. I know many of us are people pleasers, and of course no one wants to be. The person who lets someone down disappoints others. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that people-pleasing is both futile because you cannot please everyone. Just try to be a pastor, amen? <laughs> and usually what happens with people-pleasing, it leads us down a road where eventually we get to a place where we just want to at very least look the part because we can't quite fulfill everyone's desires. Just think about how you please your boss. You just got to be working when he walks or if she walks by, right? <laughs> you just got to be looking the part in a sense. That's futile. Jesus said no more often than you might think. He understood this balance. He didn't always engage every detractor or critic. He didn't get caught up in the gossip, the drama. He didn't have time for that. He didn't heal everyone. He didn't stay in one place for too long. He didn't answer every question. In fact, the person who all of Israel wanted to please the most, the religious leaders... They wanted to kill him from the first moment he started his ministry. Now Jesus was much more focused on mission. And what that looked like was not meeting every earthly need, but meeting the needs that God his Father called him to meet. I recall the the story in which um, Jesus is uh, speaking at a house And all of a sudden above him someone is breaking through the thatched roof and lowering a disabled man down to the feet of Jesus. And what does Jesus say to him? Do you want to be healed? I mean, what a thing to say to someone who has been disabled his whole life. Did Jesus not have a heart for No, he was getting at something, and what the story goes on to show us is that Jesus was much more concerned about his eternity. For as he turned to the scribes and the Pharisees that were there, he said, no, not get up and walk first. He said, your sins are healed. He first healed his soul before he healed that physical body, showing us the proper balance between what is temporal and what is eternal can i ask you can i ask you what has become more important than the things that are most important in your life i think something that will aid us in answering those questions is what i want to close with. And it's really two things. How might we find proper balance? Where do I start? How do I even address this? Well, well, I I certainly don't want you to think that if you just do these two things, then all will be balanced because it's not our own efforts, but what Christ is doing within us. But I, I want us to be very practical about the way we close. So I'll close with this. First, consider the law of the Sabbath. Not so much the law as in, if you do this, then all things will be perfect. No, as Christ works in your heart in this way, I want you to ask yourself the question, do I take the time to cease to rest and refocus? Because if I'm not, it's a great list, litmus test Excuse me, that, that, that really actually reveals whether or not I am relying on the Lord are you taking Sabbath? And what does that look like? Yes, it looks like something like this where we come into worship and we refocus our lives. But it's also getting to a desolate place and resting and getting away. Are you taking Sabbath? Secondly, do I give to God my first or my best. Israel celebrated the feast of first fruits when they would bring before God the firstborn, the first harvest. This was a picture of right relationship with God. You want to know what's balanced. It's seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness because it says, then all these things will be added unto you. In other words, when you have this balanced, everything else will be balanced, and it doesn't mean it will be easy. It means it will be aligned with what God has purposed you for. Of course, Jesus is our first fruit. He is the firstborn Son of God who came to this earth to restore all things back to the balance they once were in. And when we put Jesus first, what we're really doing is we're exclaiming with a grateful heart that this pattern of giving back to Him first is a picture of who is on the throne and who is first in our lives. And so we ask ourselves the honest question, am I seeking Him first? Because when we do, we live in that gratitude for what He has done for us. That we cannot balance what we want to balance in our lives. But that when Jesus takes the imbalance and and the condemnation and the difficulty and the striving and we allow him to take it into his hands and work through us and in us it's there that we find harmony in relationship with God and we live at peace it's a picture of what we're doing in communion with him you know there's a greater thing than relationship with Jesus God has made us, not just have relationship with God Himself, He has made us to be one with Him. He has made us to be unified in Him. And that, church, is what He continues to do in our hearts today. Would you pray with me as we prepare our hearts to receive his gift of forgiveness and reflect upon his sufferings his burial where he took all of our sins and he brought them to the grave and where we reflect on the victory he won in the resurrection would you pray with me heavenly father we we all have these imbalances in life that we wish so much we could just find some equilibrium in every single day we struggle with this imbalance and yet Lord Jesus you offer to us everything we need to live in harmony with you Holy Spirit we pray that you would renew our strength That you would focus and refocus our attention. And that you would rejuvenate our hearts and align them with your will. And we ask you to do this now as we receive your body and blood. Asking all of this for your sake and for your honor for your glory Amen